I want to tell a joke. Uh, I haven't heard any jokes, and maybe it's a waste of time, but uh, I uh, just th think it would uh, help. Um, it's about using your brains to make money, which a lot of people in this room have done very successfully. An old farmer came to the city for the first time, and a city slicker, seeing him coming, rubbed his hands and said, today's my lucky day. Good morning, Hayseed. You want to play a game? How'd you like to make some money? And the farmer said, uh, how? And the city man said, play a quiz game with me. You ask me, here's how we do it. You ask me a question. If I can't answer it, I'll give you a dollar. And then I'll ask you a question. If you can't answer it, you give me a dollar. And the farmer scratched his head and he, he said, no, I couldn't do that. I'm not very smart. I can see you are. And the city slicker didn't want to let this one get away. So he said, I'll tell you what, <clears throat> I'll still give you a dollar if I can't answer your questions. But if you can't answer mine, you only have to give me 50 cents. And the farmer said, okay. So the city slicker said, you start. And the farmer said, what's got two heads, six wings, two tails, and can't fly a foot? And the uh, city slicker thought and thought, and finally he gave up, and he said, I don't know, here's your dollar, what is it? And the farmer said, I don't know either, here's your 50 cents. <laughs> Well, changing, uh, changing moods. <laughs> I want to talk to you about uh, failure and about mistakes and about defeat. I want to enlarge a little bit on what Arlene Violet said. It may seem a bit out of place. We're here to celebrate success and achievement. It was success, not failure, that brought all of us here, you as students and we the adults. But life has two sides. Failure is a part of life, and it's the writer's job to hold up a mirror to the entirety of life, good and bad, happiness and sadness, success and failure. We're all going to fail at some time in life. We already have. We will again. That's certain. Every successful man and woman in this room will tell you that. There isn't a doctor in this room who hasn't lost a patient, some of them very, very dear to him. There isn't a lawyer who hasn't lost a case, a scientist who hasn't come up against a stone wall, a businessman who hasn't watched his capital dwindle <clears throat> or his wells come in dry. Writers fail every day. There's no sentence, no paragraph, no chapter is ever as good as it might be. That's why we have all those little balls of crumpled paper lying around the floor, around our chairs. But what is important, vitally important, is how we respond to failure, how we deal with it. <clears throat> we're going to make, make mistakes. We're going to be beaten. We're going to fail. Then what? Because every victory, every achievement, every great life 
grows out of defeat. Every success comes out of mistakes. Buckminster Fuller, the architectural genius, creator of the geodesic dome, once said, we were deliberately designed to learn only by trial and error. We're brought up, unfortunately, to think that nobody should make any mistakes. Most children get de-geniused by the love and fear of their parents that they might make a mistake. But all my advances were made by my mistakes. You uncover what is, then you get rid of what isn't. Uh, this is true of individuals, also true of our society. America has failed in many ways at many times in our history. But we have learned, we have responded, we have changed. That's the difference between us today and the Soviet Union. Their ideology has failed. Their system doesn't work, but they won't admit it. Instead, it's frozen into place, held there by the power of the police. They won't learn, they can't learn. Sullenly, unproductively, they continue to bow to a failed god, a dead god, Karl Marx. I want to tell you two, give you just two examples of response to failure. One is that of a nation, one an individual. The nation was Great Britain in 1940-41, when I was about 10 years old. Britain stood alone for an entire year. Everything had failed. Her allies on the continent had collapsed. Her army was defeated and brought back from Dunkirk without its weapons. She faced a colossal military machine, a superb military machine, in the control of a monster. The German army was then invincible. It had shattered Poland in three weeks, Norway and Scandinavia in four, France in six. Unleashed against the Soviet Union in 1941, it pulverized the Red Army. Three million Russian soldiers killed, wounded, or made prisoner. Half of European, Russian, of European Russia overrun that first summer. For a year, Britain had faced this monster and this brilliant, invincible army alone. And how did Britain respond? With the voice of Winston Churchill, who said, we shall never give up, never, never, never. In defeat, Britain was defiant. And in that defiance, in that response, were the seeds of victory. Four years later, the British flag was raised with those of her allies over Berlin, and not the German swastika over London. Ironically, uh, Great Britain's deliverance uh, came through the overwhelming defeat of the United States on the first day of our war. But on the night he heard the news of Pearl Harbor, when half of our battleship force had been damaged or sunk, Churchill said that night, I slept soundly. America was in the war. The other example I want to give of an individual, my son, his name is Bobby. He was born a hemophiliac. This is a genetic disease, but uh, it has to start somewhere. And in 40% of the cases, uh, it comes out of the blue to unsuspecting parents. It's characterized by blood taking longer to clot 
than yours or mine. And thus, when he bleeds uh, internally into a joint or somewhere, it uh, is not easily constricted. And it causes a lot of pain and does a lot of damage to knees, ankles, elbows. And this is a pretty big defeat, uh, a failure in a sense, which he inherited uh, right at the beginning of life. Not inherited, but was given. And for seven or eight years, he wore heavy leg braces and he was in and out of wheelchairs. He swam and swam to keep his muscles strong. He worked with weights and with therapists to keep them uh, from deteriorating further. He had long periods in bed. He read all of Tarzan and all of Sherlock Holmes. He became a splendid guitarist and banjo player. It's not always a bad thing to have to drop out of the normal life of childhood and spend some time in bed. If you read uh, David McCullough's wonderful book, Mornings on Horseback, about young Theodore Roosevelt, you see another example of that. All this time, uh, Bobby was getting two or three transfusions a week. Over those seven or eight years, the doctor uh, came to our house very often in the middle of the night uh, 700 times. And then I learned to give him transfusions, and very soon after that, he uh, very impatiently uh, took that task away from me and learned to give them himself to himself. Uh, he grew up, and his, he wrote in a book which uh, we wrote, I always knew I was different. I didn't realize until I learned from other people's behavior that to be different was a bad thing. Uh, when he finished high school, he worked for a year in Washington for Senator Scoop Jackson. He went to Princeton. He graduated uh, magna cum laude. He went to Yale Divinity School and became an Episcopal minister and worked for two years in a church in New York City, where, among his other duties, he helped to set up shelters for the thousands of street people in New York whom our society has failed. He married a girl from Louisiana who has her PhD from Yale and now teaches at Boston University. And now he's 28, and he's just finished the first year at Harvard Business School, a doctoral program. He wants to teach and work in corporate ethics to help the great engine which drives our society, uh, capitalism and free enterprise, get a little more in tune with the things which we all say we believe when we're in our churches and synagogues on the weekend. Uh, he is, I believe, and I'm very proud of him, so you have to forgive me for taking this time, is a success made out of failure. I commend that story to you. I commend the story of Great Britain. Uh, the f fact is that uh, when you fall on your face, when you pick yourself out, uh, out of the mud, dust yourself, dust yourself off, it's going to be all uh, up from then. You've got to learn to fail in order to succeed. Thank you very much.